This is the Mouthing Off podcast from Bad Mouth Theater Company. I'm Amanda Forstrom. I'm Mari Sittner. And I'm Kevin Couchman. We're a theater company based in St. Paul, Minnesota. We love live performance, but we want to reach the widest possible audience. So for every project we do, we make digital content, which all goes into our podcast here. Mouthing Off features guest interviews and discussions with actors, playwrights, theater people, and our collaborators at Badmouth. We also use Mouthing Off to present theatrical readings of the work we're doing. So wherever you are in the world, you can enjoy Badmouth's work. Find us online at badmouthtc.com and on Twitter at badmouthtc. Enjoy the show. brand new podcast, a theater podcast called Mouthing Off, the house podcast for Bad Mouth Theater Company, a new theater company in St. Paul, Minnesota, but also online. You can find us at badmouthtc.com. I'm Kevin Kautzman, and I'm joined by my collaborators, my partners in crime, Amanda Forstrom. Hi, Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda Forstrom. I'm co-founder and producer and an actor. Uh, yes, the triple threat. And then Mari, <laughs> Mari Sittner. Uh, Mari, say hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Mari. I'm a playwright. I'm also an actress and theater maker and happy to be here. Excited to get this started and be recording our first episode. Yeah, I'm really excited. And we're joined by somebody we're very excited to have, Sean Raycraft. Sean, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, I've read uh, a, a bit about your background. This, okay. this podcast, the context for this is that we'll be doing a reading of your play, One Good Marriage, uh, as part of our Live and Unlocked series of five plays that we're doing at Waldman Brewery. We're going to be doing your play uh, in April. We, we've already lined up a cast. We'll talk about it. But I, I just want to say, uh, you know, you have a very impressive background as a playwright and a screenwriter. Um, and personally, uh, I, I was a huge fan of Slings and Arrows, so I saw oh, that yeah. in your, in your yeah. bio. And um, well, just welcome to Mouthing Off. And, and you know, I want to talk a little bit about your play, your, sure. your background, your playwriting. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, where to begin? You're, you're a Canadian. Should we start there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am Canadian, although I live in Los Angeles now, so I am kind of American for the past 10 years um, and sort of going back and forth between the, the two countries. All right. And uh, how do you find life in L.A.? Well, I, I, I literally came home last night uh, to see my dad. And I have to go, why is it so fucking dark here? Like, <laughs> like where's the sun? Oh, man. Like, you forget when you come home that it's like this time of year, especially like there's no sun. Everybody's in like big puffy jackets. They look miserable and they're like pale and like just unhappy. And it's like, oh, <laughs> why do we live here? <laughs> Yeah, well, we live in Minnesota, uh, oh, so God. we we can relate without a doubt. Right. That's really right. funny. I'm I'm getting to pick up on maybe a little bit of your sense of humor. Uh, did do you remember that? <laughs> Which we'll talk about. It comes out comes out in the play. Okay. Um, do you uh, do you remember that uh, the the bit that they did in uh, Portlandia where the Portlanders they go to L.A. <laughs> they're like they're like <laughs> vampires. They they literally can't go outside. Really funny. <laughs> 
I've never seen Portlandia. I have to admit, I, I, oh. I it just—it's one of those shows that just missed me. I, I've never seen it, but I have, I have to find that because that's well, fun. you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll I'll look it up online after, and I'll I'll send you the link. <laughs> please, um, please, please. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I, I'll actually I'm going to be in LA uh, next month for a little bit, so yeah. I gotta, it's I was out on a patio getting a sun <laughs> a sunburn <laughs> two nights ago. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's lovely to be here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Well. Uh, I'm just going to give you a little, I guess, a real quick, a little context about how we came to your play. And it really was, it did, it served sort of as the genesis for us to begin this company in the sense that uh, Amanda and I um, had the good fortune to work on one of my plays um, with a theater company in DC called Spooky Action. They do a new reading series and Amanda was in it. This is a play of mine called Moderation. And uh, we, we connected in, she moved back from DC to Minnesota, which just was, I was thrilled because it's like, okay, here's a like-minded potential collaborator. And Amanda, you brought me one good marriage with the idea that like, Hey, Kevin, why don't you, maybe you direct a play and, and you and your husband want to do, do it together. And you brought one good marriage. So, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. do you want to talk about that, Amanda, like what drew you to this play and, and, and all the rest of it? Well, I first came across this play. Um, I never actually saw the production that took place in D.C., um, but my fellow artist, actor friend, Marcus Kidd, uh, played Stuart. And he knew that him or that my husband and I were both actors and they had thought about remounting it or doing a reading there. And we just never found a right time when we were all working. And, and uh, so it's sort of always been on my mind since I read it oh gosh, it was probably 2016, 2017 when I first met him. And uh, yeah, it's sort of always been in my mind. And then, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and sort of this thing that we all experienced, you know, how doing this play at this time just was, you know, really on my mind. And I thought, yeah, let's stick it in the reading series. It's fantastic. And I was hoping to do it with my husband, but he's out of town on uh, work, unfortunately. But uh, I'm excited to direct the reading. So, oh, cool! Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, my mother uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and I haven't because of COVID. I haven't been home a lot, and I just got home. Uh, like I said yesterday, my dad just gave me this massive stuff that she has accumulated because she was a bit of a hoarder. But I went through all those. I just, I literally like a half hour ago was going through the reviews from the Washington production and reading up about, uh, I, I remember, I remember that. So I saw it twice. I saw it like on opening night and then I saw it again on closing and what a, mm. what a total difference it was. And, and just how, I mean, there are things about that production that really, that they found that I just never, I, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Um, I, um, Cause I created it for friends in Canada and I'd seen like over a hundred productions of it, like just because we had done it so much, but seeing that production in, in Washington, there were things that still stick out to me. Um, it, they did a great job. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up working with the actress who played Steph later on right. a few years, uh, a few years after that. And so, yeah, it's just always been on my mind. And I thought this was a perfect opportunity and it fits so great with our, uh, with our, bad mouth theater company message of doing newer plays and the structure of it is so unique direct address to the audience right. and it's just really beautiful oh thanks 
Well, I'm glad I'm, you found it. Yeah. I'm glad it yeah. gets passed around. Yes, thank you, Marcus Kidd, wherever you are now. He's somewhere. I'll text him for sure. <laughs> I love this about the theater that someone knows someone and then you meet someone and then you find this very interesting play. So, Sean, let me get into the questions about uh, the play. When did you begin writing it? What was the germ of it? Uh, just all those. I'm just wondering where it comes from. <laughs> a lot of people do once they sort of, <laughs> after they watch it, they go, so where did that come from? Um, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, where did it come from? I was, um, uh, I mean, I had, I had, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pausing. I'm blanking because I don't know where to start. It's, I, I had done, uh, I had had some success in Canada. Um, my very first produced play, I had won this massive award for, um, uh, for playwriting, it was called Pop Song, and uh, and it was great, and 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 I got money that sort of let me write for a while, and I also got another commission to write another play, and so I, I wrote this other play, and I poured my heart and soul into it, and nobody came, and nobody cared, and it was Ooh. like, what? And then uh, uh, and then after that, I wanted to do something that took the pressure off me, that that I didn't feel pressure to produce something that. Um, that that would entertain not 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 that would entertain people or or, or there would be a hit or be as artistic a success as I'd had previously or any I just wanted to do something that I wanted to do and I wanted to do it with friends and I had uh, two friends uh, Jeff Miller and Mary Frances Moore uh, who I'd known for a long time and who are both hilarious hilarious storytellers mm-hmm. and I thought I'm going to write you the most depressing play ever and see <laughs> how it goes. And, uh, um, and so there's lots of jokes in it, but like, there's also a lot of pain in it. And, and, uh, and, and I just wanted to, I wanted to do something that was very spare and that was just about storytelling. Um, and I wanted to know if I could, you know, set the challenge for myself. Could I entertain an audience for an hour? And, uh, it's this weird thing. It came together really quickly, uh, how it sort of poured out of me. And, and anytime I tried to, revise the director Sherry Hollett anytime I tried to revise something or lengthen it because because it got picked up uh, and and remounted on a uh, one of the main stages in Toronto and I kept trying to like lengthen it to give people more of their money's worth and it was just like nope cut it cut it cut it it was it was like it's it's the the piece as it is is just this piece of music that mm-hmm. lives and uh and um and any kind of any any time I try to sort of tamper with it, I just end up fucking it up. But um, but the 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 stuff itself, I had um, I had, I had, I've been with my husband for twenty five years. We went through a bit of a rough patch. We went we moved down to Los Angeles um in around two thousand and one, and you know nine eleven and everything. And and mm-hmm. just L A is a really coming from Canada and coming from Toronto, which is where I, where I had moved from was a pedestrian lifestyle. I had this huge community, this theater community, but friends and family here to LA, which is where, you know, no, there's more people in Los Angeles or in California than there is in Canada. And it is (laughs) weirdly a very lonely place to be because it's like, you want to be part of this industry, but you're not, and you're outside of it and you don't know how to meet people. And so just, I think when I think back on, where the play came from it's really that instinct of going oh i'm with this person i didn't really know like it, it, it's like when when steph says to Stuart, you know i thought you know our honeymoon was a perfect time to get to really get to know each other it's it was exactly that and and uh um 
of just going, oh, and and we're we're absolutely alone. We just have each other. And how do we get through this? How do we get back to love? How do we get back to um, survival and, and sort of community and finding new friends and 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 meeting new people and just sort of uh, and, and just the shock that that was to my system. Uh, I think is sort of where it poured out a couple of years later. Yeah, and I think I'm going to say that we're we're going to spoil the play in this interview. So if you uh, have yet to see the play, uh, we're not going to put this out before our reading either. This is going to be something that comes out after. Okay. Um, but as long as you don't mind, Sean. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> so, I mean no. It, it just uh, it. Well, I'll ask you if you had to deliver a really quick synopsis of the play. Uh, what would you tell someone? Oh God! <laughs> no, it's it's really hard. I remember, like, because initially, like, we had gotten to the Summerworks Festival with it, and and you know, you have to do up that thing where you're trying to sell it and sort of pitch to people to to come come see my show. What's it about? It's, everybody dies. Um, it, no, it's it's a very darkly funny uh, uh, relationship comedy about a couple who have experienced something incredibly traumatic. Um, um, no, that's terrible. I'm doing a terrible job trying to sell this. It's really, I'm like, I forget. I forget how I used to, how I used to, to deliver it. But it, but it's just, it's, it's, um, oh, can I do a pass? Can I do a yeah, pass? You, you do a pass. We, we will, we will sell this how for do you. you. Don't sell worry. It? We, no, we, we're going to sell this for you. This is a, I mean, it's, it's a riveting two-hander uh, about a marriage and uh, the, the sort of emotional cauldron that comes along with marriage itself, but rendered through this horrible event that occurs. Um, so almost like a carry like event yeah. that happens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after their, after they leave their wedding, go on their honeymoon and they discover something awful has, has happened um, when they return, which right. to me, um, Having I I've enjoyed marriage so much I've done it two times, um, <laughs> you know, having wonderful. Um, you're you you know it stands in as a metaphor, but it's not heavy handed, and it it really um, it's very very expertly crafted, and it it's deft, uh, and it's funny, but it's darkly funny. So if you're into dark comedy uh, that that holds up, I mean, when did you you wrote this? A number of years ago. I mean, this isn't. It's yeah. Not like you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. What year no, was it? it? Like around 2003. It. I mean, it feels like if some. It. it and I'm not. Um. Uh, you know, fluffing your feathers here. Like it feels like it could have been written last year. Um. You know, sans mm-hmm. COVID. Right. You know. Right. So if you, yeah, yeah. It feels very current still. Okay. And I think that I think that probably speaks to like what you were saying about it being almost like a piece of music. You know, it's just and, and so so tightly constructed between the two people, but using these mm. different um, like slight little shifts and, and also repetition, which I quite enjoy. Um, so yeah, that's how I would sell it. That's not really a synopsis. Um, it was more of a, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed reading it. And it also does this thing that I, I really love in theater where it uses the, it uses the presence of the audience. Was that right. Was that an idea you had, you know, right away when writing the play or did that, was that something you discovered? Is that something that carries across all your work? Um, no, hmm. uh, uh, no, it doesn't. This is the first time I've sort of used uh, the audience in this way. Uh, I, no, no. Um, 
uh, yeah, it was. I really wanted to involve them in because because both of them, their goal. I mean, if if we use stupid screenwriting terms, but like their goal is to like make friends. Is mm-hmm. is to 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 connect with the people that are in front of them, and they have a story to tell, and they want to tell it. And but they keep getting sucked into their own drama and, and their own, uh, you know. I mean, the, the, the crisis that they keep going back to is that they, they're, they're teetering on the, uh, well, she especially, Steph, uh, spends a lot of time teetering on the abyss. And it's mm-hmm. Stuart who has to sort of pull her back from it uh, throughout the play and then until the end when it sort of flips itself. And she's gained enough strength throughout the play, whereas he, when he starts to go, she's able to then step in and sort of pull him back a little bit. Um, but no, it, it was, it was, I mean, I mean, like, like I said, the instinct was, was to tell a story uh, behind this play. And, and I, I never, I, I really underestimated the, uh, the mystery element of it. I didn't, mm. I didn't think people would get that caught up in what actually, the, the, what actually happened to everybody else when they left. Like that monologue at the end where he sort of explains everything mm-hmm. uh, wasn't actually in the first draft. Um, oh. And it was, it was the, it was my, I think, I forget it was the cast or the director that he said, no, you, you have to tell them what happened. And I was like, I'm fine. Um, but the, but the, the little twist at the end too, about uh, uh, the don't worry, it won't happen again. Like it was great when mm-hmm. that, to, to watch that play in front of an audience. Cause just the ripple of laughter uh, as they slowly clue into, oh shit, we might be <laughs> fucked. was really fun. Really fun. I, I love moments in the theater like that because that is something that only the theater can do. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you know, you try to do something like that maybe with like a, a film, like the ring, right. Ooh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it just, it's just mm-hmm. not the same. Just yeah. not the same. Uh, so yeah, kudos for that. That's very interesting. Uh, how did you come to the discovery that, Oh wow, we need a speech in the revelation at the end. Were, were you working with a, a dramaturg or, uh, no. you know, no, you just, you figured no, it out. No, it was, yeah, no, it, it was the cast. And, and I have to say they were so cool about it because uh, I think I was, I, I, I had the germ of the idea. I'm one of those writers who like, like, I, uh, it's the worst. I write to deadline. I am the worst. I write to deadline. Yeah. It's like, it was coming up. We were actually had to, do the show and the play wasn't written and and i knew and i jotted down ideas and i had it all and i just had to literally lock myself away for a week and just really just sort of write this out and it was such a joy to and you know what it's in europe right you know what it's like to to go into a cast and go here you go and have watched them read it through and just i mean thankfully they were they were really um quite receptive with with what i was giving them but uh but uh i i, I know there was um I know there was a, I gave them half the play and then I came in with the rest of it, but that, that, the, the, the ending wasn't there. Uh, I think when I, when I sort of delivered them, what I thought that was the entire play, I, I sort of left that out um, because I didn't, I didn't want to be that on the nose about what actually happened. I wanted to, to keep the mystery, but they were like, and I was like, fine. And I gave it to Steph because I think she, it, it felt like a natural arc for that character that, that she has been through such a, an experience through telling the story that she is able to um, step up and just sort of calmly tell us what actually happened. Um, Plus Mary Frances wanted the lines. So I had to to accommodate. Exactly. 
Yeah, that, I love that. That's why we do theater. It's and then you get this great artifact in term in in the script itself that emerges yeah. from that play. It's a play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amanda, as a as an actor, uh, what like draws you to this play? I mean, I have ideas about what it might be, but I'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, what about this play? Says, oh my gosh, let's mount this. Let's do this. Oh my gosh, so many things. Uh, I think, you know, the first thing I would say is the structure and the the direct address to the audience is so exciting to me. I love shows that, and Kevin, you know, and we've talked about this because I think you're on the same page, but shows that are in small black boxes or, and the audience is really close to you, everything is out there. Nothing is hidden. Nothing's proscenium and far away and like safe. It's just right in your face. And I really love that, that this show does that. And I think I'm drawn to it as well because of the storytelling aspect of it. It has such a kind of a, a Greek, uh, you know, style to it where, you know, we're, we're not coming out with any tricks or props or anything. It's just, we're really good storytellers as an actor. I mean, it's just a gift and, you know, really challenging at the same time, which is awesome. I think when you add the fact that, that the length is maybe a little unorthodox, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's wholly what it is. I love that. I, I, just, I don't see any reason why uh, a play has to be 80 minutes or not. Forget about it. It's like the play is the play. Um, so I, I, that also um, uh, appeals to me. Yeah. Uh, and also, and also mm-hmm. just the, the dark humor of it, you know, because that's sort of what I gravitate to. Um, it, it's just amazing. Coupled with this, yeah, intense, intensely painful, extraordinary event that happens and sort of you have to look in your you know, these characters have to look at themselves in the mirror, knowing that they're sort of carrying this or stained in a way. And then at the end, the audience turns and looks at them the same way after knowing. And ooh, mm, mm. that's such a powerful flip. Mm. I want to give Mari a chance to to maybe speak to this or, or answer a question. I guess I'll lead with, lead with a question for you, Mari. Like if you had to mount this, <laughs> like would you do like does anything pop into your mind like how would you handle this if it, if you were putting the show on um i mean i have my own thoughts but i mean the first thing that comes to my mind is sensitively but i think you know that moment at the end where the audience is like okay we are in this room where this happened <laughs> it might even be fun to put them in that room and do it in a church basement that has maybe been mm-hmm. charred and maybe have them at tables and be recreating that ceremony. It's almost like a renewal of their vows. And they're telling that, the story of how hmm. their love has become what it is. And that was so beautiful is because it could so easily be a play about how this event immediately drove them apart. But it hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. That's a really fun idea. I, I want to ask Sean, in terms of the variety of productions... Have you seen anything like that? I mean, you know, how is it typically staged? Is it done in a really simple way? I mean, it's just two people, you know, delivering. So, I mean, I can imagine you could do it practically anywhere. I mean, what is what have, what have you seen done? Uh, no, I, I was thinking, Mario, when you, when you said that, um, the original, originally we did it, the work stage, we were just, you know, the way the Summerworks Festival works in Toronto is you get an hour and you get sort of a half hour to load in and then you... Um, 
it, uh, you, you do your play and then you have a half hour to load out. And so there's nothing really elaborate you can do with it. And even when we remounted it at the Theater Pass Mirai, there wasn't really anything, you know, it was sort of a very bare stage. But the Washington production, I remember it did look vaguely like a church basement that they were in. Like there was a podium to the back and there were some I think flowers in the back. I forget. It sort of, it looked very church basement, but the, the floor was, I just remember like going and going, but the floor's really ugly. What's going on? And like, you're just going, why is it, why does it look like that? And then during the monologue, the light that was cast down overhead, I realized, oh my God, they're in fire. Like it looked the way they were uh, lit from above, the, it made the floor look like it was coming to life around them. And it was really shocking for me. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was like for the audience, but just myself having written it and sort of seeing going, Oh my God, that's an amazing idea. Um, it was a really fantastic moment for me. Cause, cause it was like, Oh yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's been other productions that I've seen, like, you know, it is kind of the perfect play for people to do as a as a reading or or, or um, very spare. I mean, uh, a couple that I knew who took it to Ireland, uh, no, to to uh, uh, Scotland, I think, and then came back and did it in New York, and then they actually came to my hometown of Glencoe, Ontario, and did it here, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was, that was an interesting situation uh, experience. But um, but. Uh, um, uh, I, I think the, the I remember the the New Jersey production. Um, I loved it, and they were great performances. I remember the artistic director picked me up from the airport and drove me to the theater, and he was like, "Oh, I should tell you and just warn you, we have dance sequences." And they did. They put in dance sequences. They were like, "Just to stretch it out, we're gonna we're gonna you know." And and they sort of stopped it, and there was like, and it was a dance sequence. And and I still don't know how I feel about it, but it was like he made it what it was for himself, and 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 the audience loved it. But it was it was going wow. I never thought about that. It was really odd. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a bunch of different ones, but uh, but I have to I have to say the dance sequence one that was that was unique. That <laughs> stands out as the that one really pops. Well, I, I, I just, like that. I didn't think about it, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I really yeah. like the ideas. And Mari, uh, one day perhaps Bad Mouth will do a production, and it sounds like you've got some really cool ideas. So, uh, well, I'm excited to do it as a reading because there's so much meat here that it will feel, I think, fully like a fully it'll feel um, like a rewarding reading for the audience, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Sean, can I ask you some, I guess, questions about your background? How long have you been a writer? Were you, were you a screenwriter before you were a playwright or a playwright first? No, I was an actor. I, I oh. went through theater school. I did the Stratford Festival in Canada. Uh, I did sort of fringe and sort of uh, Toronto theater for a while and uh, was just feeling like, I had written a bit in theater school for myself, monologues, basically my own, but, uh, but then started writing for myself and other friends in Toronto. And then, and then I realized I couldn't remember any of my own lines, which was always fun for the people I was acting with. But mm-hmm. uh, so I started writing just for them and was getting a lot of, you know, and was finding that really fulfilling. So I started writing plays for friends um, and then uh, moved into writing for TV just because I like to eat um, that uh, and started working a lot in Toronto and then, and then moved to Los Angeles about uh, 12 years ago and, and have since then gone back and forth between the two countries and sort of working on shows, but both sides of the borders. 
That's great. That sounds like you've crafted a, I mean, for a lot of playwrights, that would be a dream career without, without a doubt. Um, yeah. There's that old joke difference between a playwright and a pizza, a pizza can feed a family. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of oh. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh my oh, well, gosh. Hey, well, you know, there you go. Hey, uh, hey yeah. Hey. Um, I mean, Amanda, Mari, do you, do you have any questions you want to, uh, you know, levy at, at Sean here about the play or, or anything? Well, really, I just wanted to say it's an honor to be with someone who wrote for Degrassi, Next Generation. Yes, oh girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that show. Was that was my stepsister's favorite show that she used to make me watch with her almost every night. Really? That's so funny. Oh, yeah. I saw a lot of episodes of that show. Oh, my God. I only did season four uh, and a bit of season five, but uh, but we did the uh, the season where we shot Drake in the school yes. shooting. I was just no going to ask. That's yeah. wild. And now he's Drake. Jimmy is Drake. I know. It was so, it was so weird to go to, because I, I moved, when I moved to LA, I got on 90210 because of my Degrassi background. Um, and everybody was talking about Drake, 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 Drake. I'm like, who is Drake? And they, <laughs> they showed me and I'm like, that's Aubrey. He's from North York. He's not Drake. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? It was really, it was very surreal to go. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. Him. He's, he was a very nice, he was a very nice actor. Um, I think we sort of underserved him, but, uh, but, uh, or no, the season I think that I was you guys there. served him fine. I think he's doing okay. He's doing okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like Toronto's most beloved son right now. So, um, yeah, he's doing great. That whole cast, there's a bunch of people from that cast that, that have really sort of gone on to, to really do great things. And now they're rebooting it, of course, for HBO Max. Oh, cool. Are you going to be involved awesome. in, you're going to be involved in that or? Oh God, no. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Not going right. back to the teen oh. TV. Okay. I'm, I'm really interested in um, Slings and Arrows just because it's mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows yeah. that I've ever, you know, seen just being an actor and all the amazing inside jokes and just everything about it. I, and I'm yeah. also a Shakespeare nerd, so, and I love performing Shakespeare. So how did that show come about and, and which seasons did you write on and it was it was weird in that um bob martin well how it came about was uh susan coyne who played oh, i forget what her character's name was in the show uh she's a lovely person and so she had this idea for she wanted to do a series about because she, she was an actress and she had done the Stratford festival for a long time and i think had mixed feelings about it but she wanted to do a show about that uh, i know uh, the producer teamed her up with uh, mark mckinney and uh and then brought Bob Martin in, who has a huge background with um, uh, Second City and uh, teaching improv, but then has all had also gone has since gone on to like write the Drazy Chaperone and and uh, Night at Minsky's, I think, and and the Prom that was just it was a Netflix movie a couple of years ago, but also on Broadway. Yes, yeah. Uh, so that's very much it. So it, that show was really a combination of those three writers, and and if you know them, it's like Susan is the heart, Mark is. I don't know the dick, but uh, um, and then Bob <laughs> is the head. It's just it's 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 when you when you get them together, it's like oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, Bob was going off to L.A. to to do the workshop of Drowsy Chaperone. They were they were premiering it in L.A. first, and then it went to Broadway. And so he was going to be leaving the show, and and he needed someone uh, with who had done TV experience in Canada, but also sort of new theater and new and because I had done Stratford and sort of I'd worked for another show called The Eleventh Hour and. And the, 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 the man who directed um, all seasons of Slings uh, 
had also written for, I'd worked with them before. So they brought me on season three just to sort of do network notes and uh, supervise set throughout production. But when I showed up, they hadn't written the final episode yet. And oh. so I was a huge fan of the show because because of my back, I loved the show. I'm like, how did you do this? Like, it's so well crafted, that show. And so I was a massive fan coming to it. And it was so honored to be asked to be a part of it. But, but, uh, but I showed, and they're like, oh, you have to help us write the final, the finale. Wow. And, and I was like, I can't even, I can't remember most of these characters' names. Like, I'm like, and it was, so it was, it was very surreal to be in that situation where it's like, you have to write the last episode. Hi, you're new. You have to write the last episode of a much beloved award-winning Canadian TV series that, that, uh, that people still talk about today. So that was, that was really surreal. But that is, there was not, uh, yeah, no, 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 there was not a moment. I was not terrified on that set because just the personalities <laughs> involved, like it was William. Hutt. I did. So I did season three, the Lear season with William mm-hmm. Hutt. And, and mm-hmm. I think it was one of his last film roles that he did. And Sarah Pauly was in that season who of course went on to do, she was like, trying to get the funding for away from her. Uh, I remember while she was on the show and I'm like, she would go on to be nominated for an Oscar for that, for, for mm. screenwriting. And, and, uh, and then of course, uh, Paul Gross, who was the, the lead. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a lot of personalities and, but, oh my God, I'm so glad I was a part of that show. It was, it's a great series. That is an incredible trip. That's a trip. The thing yeah. you described, I'm trying to imagine, it's like, it's like you go, you go to a Rolling Stones concert and they ask you to play. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Like, yeah. like, wow. So yeah, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I have a question about the TV writing and, and uh, you spend time in Toronto, you spend time in LA. Is there a really heavy difference in the way that rooms are, are run in Toronto versus LA? Is there a big cultural difference or is it sort of like, nah, we're all screenwriters and same difference? No, it's it, it's really different, and it was it was a huge culture shock to go to LA because I think in Canada we I mean this this I done the Eleventh Hour, uh, which was created by Semi Chellis, who and we won Gemini's for the first season, and Semi went on. She's a good friend still, and and she went on to run the writing room for Mad Men, and she's yeah, she's wow. amazing. Wow. Um, but uh, um, but uh, but that was sort of like a bunch of they were all the writers were also filmmakers and so or playwrights and 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 not tv writers and we didn't really have a room we sort of like worked one-on-one with semi and created our episodes and degrassi there were three of us and we would sort of bring in outside writers to like and hand off like break stories for them and then send them away to do scripts but it was really just three of us that that were in that on that show and then again three of us on slings and then i went to 90210 where there was 12 of us in the writing room and it was and it's 12 people, and which is great because it's wow. a huge um, uh, 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 mind trust or whatever that word is I'm looking for. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, but just it's like, but it's also like young people who are ambitious, trying to get word in and every, and it's just, it's, 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 a, it's intimidating, but it's also like, uh, it is very much a, um, competitive. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, uh, it, 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 yeah, it, it was a little, it was a little intimidating to be a part of. And, and I mean, everybody sort of is trying, it's the American salesman uh, sort of uh, is the best that I can sort of describe it as. Whereas in Canada, we're like, ah, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to sell you this. I'm going to pitch you this idea. I'm yep, going to, oh, yep, I've got this. Yep. I'm like trying to jump in. Right? I'm going to sell it. And it was, it was yep. that. And it mm-hmm. was, uh, 
but but I also think the industry in, in America is changing a lot as well. I mean, I think I think the shows that are sort of I mean, network TV I think remains the same with uh, with large writing rooms and sort of um, so it, there's very much a hierarchy within them. But I think a lot of the streaming stuff and a lot of the sort of more cable stuff it 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 they're they're getting shaped in different ways all the time and and uh, uh, I think a lot of a lot of shows are having smaller rooms now and uh, just because they, they only have like six or eight episodes orders they're, they're the seasons you know that was the other thing about moving to la like suddenly i'm on an episode of 24 episodes where I'd, the most i'd ever done was like 10 i think and it was like <laughs> we're getting to episode 14 going are we still doing this like, is, is it still going oh my uh, yeah. god wow. uh, but yeah mm. yeah yeah, that's such a fascinating time to come into television as well because it's this real golden age. And I think Slings and Arrows maybe isn't as well known in the States. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure in Canada it's ext- extremely well known. I guess you tell me, but um, it's like... It got, uh, it, got, it got me into Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, uh, wow. It mm-hmm. got me sitting down with Shonda and I had a nice little hour-long interview with Shonda Rhimes. Uh, yeah. And wow. she was like, this is my favorite show and it's still on my TV. I think back when wow. people had Devos, but, uh, uh, and one good marriage got me into Vampire Diaries because, uh, Kevin Williamson read it and he was like, this is the best spectrum that I've read in three years. Wow. So they were huge playwright fans as well. I love that. And this is all part of, I guess, what we would now recall the golden age of television. It all leads us to all the, yeah. the, you know, household, the, the, the shows that everybody knows. Yeah. That makes me sound old, Kevin. No, 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 no. It's a, that Bowie song. It's your golden years. You know, this is good. We're going to, you know, um, I think he wrote that when he was in, in LA uh, subsisting right. on uh, yeah, uh, milk and peppers and, and okay. something else. Yeah. Um, fantastic. <laughs> But uh, so this is great. Are you are you working on any on a show now? Are you working on anything else? Uh, yes, I'm about two weeks away. No, mm-hmm. my friend Estes Spalding, who I worked with on uh, <laughs> the Eleventh Hour like 20 years ago, we've all come up together. We're still, you know, we still get together for game night. But anyway, uh, no, she created a show for AMC called the Mayfair Witches. No, it's called Anne Rice's The Mayfair Witches, which is based on uh, AMC's got this, uh, they're trying to start a new franchise with now that Walking Dead sort of ending with Anne Rice's book. So they're shooting uh, uh, Interview with the Vampire right now in Mm -hmm. New Orleans. And in two weeks, three weeks, we start shooting uh, The Witching Hour, those three books. And the first season is just sort of the first book. But, uh, But yeah, I'll be in New Orleans all summer long. Hey, New Orleans is a great town. That's that's, that's awesome. Very exciting. Yeah, I, I know they do been. a lot of. Oh, you've never been. Oh, yo, no. Sean, uh, <laughs> New Orleans is, is legitimately haunted. Not a LARP. Just you're gonna I, I, a guy like you. You're gonna feel it right away. It's it's I'm just so absolutely excited. crazy. It's it's unlike any other city. It goes right. without saying. And I know they I know they shoot a lot of film and television there. So wow, what a what an opportunity. Never yeah. been. That's so fun. Oh, amazing. Um, so, and then the Anne Rice stuff. I, I, I watched Interview with the Vampire again recently just to see if it, if it holds up. And it really, I don't think it does. I mean, you know, but, but, but it's also like, it's just Tom Cruise. It's so campy and strange and, right. it, oh, but it's sort of wonderful. It's one of those movies that crosses over into sort of being sort of so awful 
and aware of itself that it, it, it's endearing. Yeah, so I don't know. That's but why that's, it does hold up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like it, it just doesn't work, so it works. Anyway, um, right. that's very exciting. Are you, are you writing any, uh, any more plays, any, any theater that you're sort of um, thinking about? I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I am starting on something. I don't want to talk about it because it's like- Okay, no, 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 about it. okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> no, 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 but I haven't for a long time just because it's like, uh, I don't know why. I mean, being busy and sort of, and you always feel like you're, somebody, I remember somebody recently, I heard somebody say, uh, uh, being a writer is like having homework for the rest of your life. And it's totally that, because you feel like, oh shit, <sighs> I, I can't start this new thing. It's like, I have to finish this thing and I have to catch up on this thing. And it's like, so, uh, but that's exactly what it's like. So I think I think after this, I want to take a step back and sort of, I, I want to do another play. I really do. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Ah, good. Yes. Right. And when you do, you know, I hope you'll, I hope you'll reach out and tell us <laughs> oh about it. Oh my God. Really? Yes. Yeah. Please. Um, you know, getting back to One Good Marriage, the play at hand yeah. here that I'm looking at, uh, it's... So it's still circulating. It sounds like it had an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary life. What did your parents make of it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they, uh, they're, you know, my dad is, my dad's the mayor or was for a very long time. He was a politician. So he was a, but they were also, uh, you know, my mom, they, they're very supportive. It's like, like, like I said, I said, you know, I've been going through mom stuff and, and, uh, uh, she's literally saved everything that's ever been written about me ever. But like, Aww. she's got every like review of this play. Like it's, it, it's, so they were incredibly proud of it. They, I don't know if they knew what to make of it. <laughs> I just think, you know, I, I have to really thank them because they were so supportive, but like, like I've tested them in so many ways with some of my weird shit. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's really amazing that they're, um, they're amazing people. But um, I don't, I don't think they, I, and it's also like, Oh my God. Did you guys watch Euphoria? I have not caught it. Okay. Uh, Amanda okay. Mari. No, I, I have not either, but there are a ton of memes. So I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a zoomer, so I can't avoid it. I've seen way more of it than I would, than I would like to. <laughs> no, no, because the second last episode this season was uh, uh there was a, a play put on about uh and it was very much reflective of the characters' lives. Oh, the, where the she goes, Oh it. god, is this play yes. about us? I, exactly. <gasps> That's that, I was like, that is my mother every time she sits down for one of my plays. <laughs> um that was what she was like. She was just bracing herself, going, How are we gonna dissect the family this time? But uh uh but no, no, they were they were uh they were really supportive. And and mom, like when like I said, when they we did it uh, as a fundraiser for mom was part of a, this uh, for the town, this, this group in the town. Uh, we actually brought it here and did a couple performances for the town. So, uh, and what did no, the town were, think of it? It's okay. I'm going to be really honest with you. It's, it was a really interesting exercise in, because I think as, as someone growing up in a small town of 2000 people uh, and being very much an outsider, uh, growing up gay, growing up just sort of weird and just sort of different and feeling different. Like I got out as soon as I could and sort of discovered mm-hmm. myself to write about it was mm-hmm. it really taught me about not putting my own personal uh, judgments on the people I am w- about where I'm from and about the difference between where is Sean the writer speaking and where is Stuart and Steph as authentic characters 
in this world. Uh, and just sort of where it just made me super sensitive in terms of like where those two um, uh, realities sort of existed. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like not putting your your own words into the your characters' yeah. mouths. Yeah, yeah, and and, and lines like um like you know uh, where they're like you know the the legion burnt down, so there's nowhere to drink. I was like there was gasps when I wrote when when that got performed. Oh. I was like, oh shit! I was like, because because kind of kind of is uh, uh, in this town. But uh, uh, my grandparents were part of the war, war and part of the legion. They were big volunteers, so I think it was like it was like I was in a little trouble with that. So uh, I can't say it was the most comfortable I've ever been watching this show. <laughs> it, was, it was very, it was a very interesting exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine a prodigal and, and, son and, returns. Yeah. 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 And being young and sort of criticizing another generation that, uh, yeah. uh, mm. cause, cause Stuart and Seth are very real. They, they, I think their voices, they're very critical of the town and you know, the whole, the whole Trish of it, yeah. how, yes. <laughs> how that sort of, that is very much an authentic part of this town. It, it, and, and just how um, um, the wounds that they are sort of dealing with and trying to heal from how other people sort of take advantage of that, uh, of the, of their, their uh, situation. It's, it's, it's very much, uh, uh, um, it's, 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 it's not, you know, it's it has stuff to say about about growing up in a small town. I think. Mm. I I also grew up in a small town, and I'm now that I'm thinking about it, it yeah that touched me in a way that I I didn't realize until until now just now when you're talking about it. That's really interesting. Yeah, because it, it yeah stories and 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 you know gossip, small town gossip, because mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody else's stories and mm-hmm. and they're not your own and when you realize going through something and, and going through something painful is very different than than going oh did you hear about so-and-so down the street like so it's uh that was tricky it was really sorry yeah well no and i imagine as the you know i don't want to get too personal but as the as the mayor's son too yeah. uh, <laughs> what, you know what I mean, de- well, dealing with that when you were growing up, you know, and then and then having them watch this, um, you know, this piece. It, it's so strong, too, because it's it's entirely plausible. And you mentioned earlier, Sean, the mystery element. I reading it was was drawn into that as well. And I actually had to sort of well, I, I didn't actually scan back, but I had the impulse to read back because I was like, wait, did I miss something? Something happened, something happened. And at mm. that point, I mean, I, I was obviously going to read to the end regardless, but I was flipping, you know, I was going, okay, I'm really, I got to get to the end here. What is going mm-hmm. on? So that element, I mean, it just, it, it, it works so well. And uh, because the play is so spare, um, it, it just, it feels on the page like it's hurtling to that conclusion mm-hmm. uh, and it's inevitable and tragic and, just well, well done, well crafted. I mean, oh, thanks. You know, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, when did you first know you were a writer? What? How old were you when you when you knew? <laughs> uh, oh God, I didn't. I, I, uh, I, I. It was theater school. It was. It was. It mm-hmm. was. You know. It, it was. It was um, writing something. We, we had this thing called Entre Act, 
uh, that we had to every every sort of semester we had to make put on a performance with just ourselves and you had to uh, sing uh, speak and uh, move and um, and you could you could sing a line that then that counts and so writing my own thing and getting uh, a writing something in my own voice was uh, and not trying to imitate someone else's voices but just going this is my own weird neurotic twisted uh, voice and and getting a response from the audience was like oh maybe there's something here that, that I think that was it but before that oh my god no Oh, that's so interesting. I, I, then I, I really admire your impulse to then start writing for your for your friends, writing for your colleagues. Uh, I think that that really is the heart of a playwright to me. Yeah. yeah. Do you still do that when you're ideating a play? Do you do you have certain people in mind, or have you sort of moved moved a little past that? I have to. I have to. I think I have to know who I'm writing for because. Um, Otherwise, I don't have a sense of who they are, the character is as a person. I have to always cast it. And, uh, uh, and it, it just works better. It just, it, cause I'm more able to write to that character if I know the person who I'm eventually, and, and plus I, I just want to make them happy. I just really, it's, it's the codependent in me. Um, but Aww. no, I just want them, <laughs> I just want them to like it. Uh, but no, I, I, or challenge them in certain ways. Cause both the two people I wrote these parts for, they they were um, they'd sort of done a lot. They they weren't known as actors in Toronto. Uh, Jeff was had done a lot of regional stuff and a lot of summer stock stuff and was very funny and, and hyperactive and and sort of um, uh, and and we had a similar sensibility. And Mary Frances had just had not really done a lot of stuff as an actress. And this both of them just owned these parts. And and it was so great that. I, I mean, for all of us, it just sort of like it put me on the map, it put them on the map it, like uh, as performers and, and, and they have gone on to like, they got cast in other things out of the show and stuff. So it was, it was, um, it was really nice to like, it's, it, this is, I mean, it, it's the weird thing about this play. Like it was sort of given to them as a gift almost like, uh, and, and for us to just have fun and sort of do something challenging. But, but I love hearing other couples uh, or other productions that it, that it's like our friends are getting together or like you guys are going to be doing like, like it, it's, it's like, it is something that is sort of passed around to people and, and uh, uh, couples do it. Friends do, friends do it. And, and um, it's, it's really nice the way it's continued to, to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say that uh, even though my husband couldn't do it, uh, the two actors that we hired are actually married who are doing oh, nice. and and the young guy is a stand-up comedian and uh, has such a great presence and she's much uh quieter but is also right. very dry and funny and just a, a, a great actress as well so i'm really excited that we could kind of keep that going and it's gonna be great you know they were really excited to be able to do something together too so oh nice uh, nice that's a, they that sounds perfect those two 
Sound, I'm very excited to see this now. Well, we will. <laughs> we will be. Uh, we I will have be high making, expectations, everyone. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh wow. Well, we are going to be, be making a Zoom uh, audio recording of it. That'll be okay. uh, what we what we pass around. Unless you unless you feel like coming to St. Paul, of course you're welcome. Uh, but it sounds like you might be uh, you might be a little busy. Uh, <laughs> sort of I'm going to be in New Orleans. Yeah. 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 Louisiana. Hey, just in the other tornadoes. Uh, oh, it's gosh. just it's just the other end of the Mississippi. I mean, if you just go down, the, go. Go down the river, you know, it's the same. It's the same river. Uh, you get on a plane here, you know. Um, well, I, I've really enjoyed uh, you know this conversation to this point. I think we'll we'll wind down just in a, in okay. a few minutes. I'm trying to think if I have any other really really pressing questions about the play. I guess, yeah, I do. Um, the I think one of the reasons. Well, two questions. Um, are couples often cast? to do this? Does that happen frequently? Because it seems to be what's happening here. Uh, you know, we have Amanda and her husband and then the, the, the people who are actually going to do it. Is that common for the play? No, it's not. Uh, uh, it, it's common that couples find it to do together. Uh, I've, I've certainly had that happen. Um, and I'm trying to think if... Uh, I've done, the other play I did, the, the play that I said I did before, Pop Song, ironically like couples always ended up dating after they did that, that oh. show um but uh <laughs> the, not, the show of showmances sh- showman exactly yeah, showman's <laughs> exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. um uh uh but uh but um uh, no uh couples have couples have found it and 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 it's the perfect thing for them to do together but uh i'm trying to think of other couples that have ended up together i think the washington one they were both cast independently i don't think they were a couple um, nope nope they're actually you know married to t- two different people, but Marcus nice. is married to an actress, um, brilliant actress named Lise Bruneau. Um, shout out to her. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting that they didn't go with that. Uh, they're nice. there. But. Yeah. 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 So, and, and the original cast, Jeff is gay. So that never happened. Mm. Oh, but, okay. but, but I will say he couldn't do it one summer and Mary Frances' husband stepped in to do it and that was incredibly creepy when uh, watching the two of them do it but but he was perfect he was great well and that's the thing at the heart of the play of course is is marriage so when mm-hmm. you set out to write the play you you did mention um that you wrote it after you had been married and moved to la is that is that right well, we hadn't been married yet uh okay. it wasn't legal yet uh ah, but uh okay. we yeah. uh uh no we we had been together for a few years and uh for a long time and moved down there together and sort of, I, I went back to Canada for a few years. Uh, I couldn't deal with LA. And so it was a big, we sort of broke up for a bit and then got back together. But, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is really about that. And it's an interesting thing watching this play, the dynamic of Stuart and Steph and what different couples bring to it. And, and I, I didn't realize it until I started seeing other couples perform the roles that how, you know, Stuart can't get too angry with her or else you shut out the audience or you can't go too glib with it or else the emotional weight of stuff doesn't work. Or it, it really is a piece of music that, that has to be sort of uh, a director needs to, to sort of step in and sort of fine tune it because, uh, because one way it's, 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 it's a weird mix. It's, it's just, uh, uh, just the dynamic of those two people working together is, is we want to see this couple and, and they ultimately do find, like, they ultimately fall in love. And I do think they are a couple that will stay together forever. 
uh, coming out of the show, like uh, 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 coming out of the story. I, you get a sense that I think if they hadn't come through this thing with everyone they know dying, they might not have made it. But because but, yeah. everyone died, they're going to be together forever. Which is weird. I'm sorry. It's really <laughs> and I need to, yeah. but yes. Uh, no, no. It, it makes sense to me in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a certain way. And I, when you set out to write it, uh, did you did you mean to interrogate marriage? Did you go, I'm going to write a play about marriage or, or was it more, I'm going to look at this couple who had, had been married. Was it, did you come at it from the big macro? Ooh, let's think about marriage. Or was it more like coming from the, from the inside out? I think from the inside out, I think okay. just relationships. Yeah. And just how relationships work and, and just because, you know, uh, I don't know other yeah, I mean, and love, how love works. Like, just, you know, that it's not, it's not a Hallmark movie. Like, it's really, it's mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. no, and, and, and you see some ugly stuff going mm-hmm. when you're, when you're together uh, and, and the things you sort of pack away and, and how much you depend on each other, but, and, and how much you want to push away, but at the same time, trying to stay interdependent uh, with the other person is, is I think how relationships work and mm. can survive. Cause those two are very independent people. <laughs> I love when she starts, I love him correcting her language. Uh, that was always just a weird <laughs> thing for me. It's so but, uh, funny that he's constantly correcting her language, but yeah. she is the English teacher. She's the English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that almost, I was like, Oh, she's so traumatized by this event. She yeah. can't do her job anymore. Yeah. She's lost the words. And then at the hmm. end, she's able to find them again. Yeah. 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 Well, Sh- Sean, uh, I want to thank you for, for uh, doing this. This has been a real pleasure. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you have anything further to say about one good marriage? Anything you want to, want to share? No, this has been great. It's, it's hmm. been, it's been such a long journey with this play and, and to sort of come back to it. I think I, I'm so sorry if it was Amanda or, I think you said in your email about how COVID, I was like, oh, that made a lot of sense to me. Like I was like, yeah, it is still relevant because we do, we are still going through shit. And I think anybody who's been uh, out of COVID, like just uh, um, couples who, I remember hearing about divorces were way up. Like, because I think it's, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. I, yes, I was just going to say that because it's either like everybody was getting divorced or having a ton of babies. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and sort of this like traumatic thing and how it can, you know, speed up what would have happened or what might not have happened at all. So when you yeah. said the, you know, that had this not happened to Steph and Stuart, they probably wouldn't have ended up together, but yeah. because it did, they do. Ah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah it I mean, re- that's, the, that's like the eternal cliche of talking about plays is you just go, oh, this feels like now. I mean, when you said that you wrote this in 2003, I was shocked because I almost expected you to say that this play was newer and like a reaction to COVID. Yeah, no, but, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, my husband and I are still together in LA, like being our own little Island throughout that entire pandemic. It was very, it's, it's really, it, yeah. When you said that, that made so much sense that after COVID, this was more relevant than ever. And it's like, Oh yeah, it was, it really, really was. It was like that. Hmm. You yep. get to know the people. You really Ooh. get to know people when you're stuck <laughs> 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 yes. in the pandemic. Oh yep. my gosh. Yep. 
Holy, <laughs> holy cow. Well, I, I want to thank you, Sean. Uh, again, uh, this was a real pleasure. And uh, I hope, well, what we'll, we will follow up we'll, with the recording that we do. And um, okay. hopefully it gets your stamp of approval. Uh, I think this episode, the first episode of Mouthing Off, I think we're going to call it How Love Works because I like that. I think that's quite good, Sean. Um, yeah. yeah, if that you know passes muster. Um, so again, Sean Raycraft, thanks so much. Um, Mari, Amanda, I hope you, uh, you both enjoyed this. Uh, I know I did. Sean, where can people find you uh, if they're interested in your work and, and uh, what you're doing? Uh, I'm around IMDb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, you're not, a, you're not a big social media guy. So this is probably why you're so prolific and, uh, and accomplished oh. if you don't waste a bunch of time on Twitter and, and other places. I lurk. I don't, I don't really, I'm not prolific on Twitter. That's but, uh, fine. Look, yeah. I, and they, they can look forward to uh, the name. What's the name of this new show? Anne Rice. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. That, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, Anne Rice's the Mayfair witches on AMC this fall. Amazing. Sean, when you're in New Orleans, make sure, I don't know, are you a seafood guy? You, you like uh, oysters? Yes. And, I'm, oh my God. I'm vegetarian, but I do do seafood. Yes. Oh, you're just going to, you're going to be in heaven. It's incredible. The seafood down there is just, it's just amazing. Um, but it, it, one little funny anecdote before we go, I, I like to get greens on the side with like an omelet in the morning, uh-huh. right? Instead of grits uh-huh. or a potato. Right. Um, don't don't necessarily expect that in New Orleans so much. <laughs> I had I had one uh, one waitress. Uh, I I was like, can you uh, can I get some you know a little salad on the side uh, with this omelet? No, we don't do that here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's just it's Southern food. Um, is that anyway, gonna... is that is that in the French Quarter that you were? Uh, that was over, that was not in the French quarter. That was over near, uh, where the casino is, which is sort of like downtown New Orleans, okay. but it's, it's walkable from the French quarter. New Orleans okay. is incredible. you I imagine they're going to have you staying really, really central. And you, it's, it's such a walkable city. It's not like most other American cities in that, in okay. that sense. And the sense of history is just, just incredible. I guarantee you're going to see ghosts and, uh, you know, and, and hopefully one day in the future, we, we reconnect. I'd like, I'd love to hear your New Orleans stories. Um, what yes, an adventure. So yeah, just so yeah. amazing. All right. So this is uh, Kevin Kautzman. That was Mouthing Off. We're, we're Bad Mouth Theater Company, uh, badmouthtc.com. Uh, Sean, thanks again. We're, we're very grateful for your time and, and, and sharing your, your wonderful talent and, and your great <laughs> play with us. Thank you guys so much. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing this recording. Awesome. Thank you.